right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Property Players. I'm your host, C. Muzan. Got another great guest here for you. Somebody that I've been seeing from afar on LinkedIn. Got a chance to uh, just connect recently, but I wanted to have her on the show because, uh, again, I think she's just in the hunt doing doing all the things that someone in the real estate industry should be doing. Um, so, Cassandra, thank you so much for, for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Pleasure's mine. So let's jump straight in, right? Let's let's just get straight straight to it. Give me like your origin story. Like what led Cassandra to get into real estate? How were you in high school? Start as far back as you want to. All right. So in high school, I wanted to be a cosmetologist. And I went to college for radiology. Nothing in the field of whatever I wanted to do. So I was going for radiology, realized very fast that that was not for me. I was going to be a math major, become a math teacher, because I loved the idea of having a different day every single day because the kids would give me something different. It wouldn't be a nine to five job. It would be, you know, it'd be like 6.30 to 3.30, but you know, right. it would be different every single day. Well, didn't do so well in my one math class. And I was like, screw it. I'm getting a business degree. So I started getting my business management degree and it can be so scary when you're getting your degree without any experience. You know, you need five years experience to get into any sort of job. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to start as soon as possible. And while I was wrapping up my associate's degree, I became a um, admin assistant in a real estate office, nice. small brokerage. Um, I learned a lot very fast and I went in going, you know what, I will never be a real estate agent. You know, I had this stigma built up in my head that all agents were slimy and they just wanted your money. And very fast, I learned that that was not true. I had no idea what real estate agents did. You know, I saw what was on the TV and movies. And even still, I watch these movies and TV shows. And I'm just like, I can see why I had that. Sure. Um, so yeah, so as I was wrapping up my associate's degree, I went to my broker. I was like, hey, I think... I want to get my real estate license. And she made me sign up right then and there. So there was no really going back. Um, and that was in December or it was like the summer of 2017. Got my license, took all my tests and was registered and good to go by December 2017. So I've been in the business technically five years, but I've been actively practicing for a little over three. Awesome. Before, when you were making that decision in college, like going to school, did you know anyone in real estate or did you know anyone in cosmetology? Is that why you went that direction? Like what, what was it that you were thinking about? Yeah. So um, my hairstylist, I went to see her every two months or so. She was like, don't do it. And so I was like, I'm not doing it then. So I thought that I would be interested in something in the health profession, which is kind of why with business management, when I started going after that, I was like, you know. I could be an office manager there because a lot of those managers just have the degree. They don't have the nursing experience or anything mm -hmm. like that. So I liked the idea of being able to go anywhere. Um, but now I just utilize my degree for my business itself because I'm my own boss. Exactly. So it, it actually worked out very well. That's awesome. That's awesome. So starting to work in the the office, the real estate office, what what were you seeing? I know you went in with the mindset mm -hmm. of like, man, you know, real estate people can be slimy or like, this is a weird yeah. industry. But like, what exactly did you see? What was your day to day like? How were you getting, you know, interacting with people in the industry? Yeah, so essentially what I did was I collected all of the paperwork and I started the files. So actually I got to learn all of the documents, all of the necessary requirements from the state 
before I even got into real estate, but it was great practice just to see them. They'd come in, they'd go do their own thing. You know, I didn't really see the agents too much, but they always responded to me as soon as I got back to them. Um, the one agent who I dealt with very often, she was always in the office, but what also when she wasn't there, she was with her dogs. And when me and my boyfriend were planning on getting a house, we were going to get a dog. And I was like, wait, but my dog can come into the office with me too. Cause like, this isn't a typical job and right. it's a pet friendly office. So I didn't, we didn't have many agents in that office cause it was a smaller brokerage. Um, however, I did see them just come in and out. Didn't really, there was nothing that intrigued me about it. Right. <laughs> It was just, oh, they kind of make their own schedule, but I'm a really hard worker. And I realized very fast that what you put into the business is what you get out. So once I kind of grasped that and held onto it for a little bit and sat with it, I was like, I could kind of see myself doing this because I do work hard. So that's what really got me into it was my own thinking. It wasn't even them per se. Gotcha. And that's, and that's an interesting thing, right? A lot of times people get into the real estate world because they get introduced to it, because they have someone say like, hey, have you thought about getting a real estate license? Or, right, like I sell X amount of homes, or right, like you see something. Now, obviously on social, right, you're like, oh, that person's killing it, right? Like, I, I could do that, like I'm personable like them. And so we make those decisions that way off of kind of what we see. But interesting for you to say, huh, I know that like, I work hard. So because I work hard, whatever I apply myself to, I'll be successful at or it'll take off and very much so in real estate and you know what I do in financial services it's very much that same mindset of like what you put into it is what you'll get out of it right yeah. and I often tell people because I'm sure you hear this uh, you know people trying to transition out of their job or leave the nine to five and be a realtor or right like anything on that side and what I always tell people is if you are a hard worker if you're a hard worker your family or you, your pe the people around you, they'll benefit way more by you getting paid for your effort than just getting paid for your time. Yep. Right? That is the key. And like too often we're stuck in, a lot of people are stuck in this mindset of like, I work hard, but my job doesn't value me. And right, like I don't make all the money I want to. And I'm like, listen, if you really actually do work that hard and you're not just like BSing yourself, like if you really are a hard worker, you need to jump out on something that is production-based, that is commission-based. Yep. It is something that will allow you to work and then receive that, um, that, that income from it. So I'm glad that you saw that, but for our listeners and people that are, uh, you know, watching, like at the end of the day, look inside of yourself and say like, do I have what it takes to make this business? Cause there's thousands of ways to make money. Real estate's one of those, right? but like, it's about you, right? It's about what you put in. So did anyone ever like empower you to say like, hey, you're a hard worker or hey, you have these traits or these qualities so you would be good or you just kind of figured it out yourself? So being in business management really helped me realize that I had, I was a natural born leader. I just always have been, I was captain of the cheer squad in high school. Like it just, it's always been there. And even as a kid, my mom used to say, you know, I would, I was the line leader. Like I would start doing something because I didn't care what other people thought of me. And it, it was always kind of there. So when I realized that moment, because I worked Monday, Wednesday, Friday as an admin from nine to five. And I hated sitting at my desk. I would get my work done very fast. You know, I ended up scrolling through Facebook half the day. So it's like, I'm not being productive with my time one, but two, you know, do they really value what I'm doing? Because, you know, I was making next to nothing there. So it's like, <laughs> you know, 
but at the same time, I got it done so fast. So that's kind of where I was like, okay, so my hustle as an admin alone, I learned the documents already, which is one of the biggest parts and hardest part of becoming a real estate agent. Um, all the legal words that are in those documents. Um, and then, you know, just realizing that if I stick something, like if I stick my mind to something, I can do it. And again, being in those management classes helped me so much, the business management, because I learned about marketing. You know, I learned how to be an employer because I am my own boss. So there are days where I have to get myself out of bed and be like, listen, you're your employee today. And, you know, <laughs> someone has to do this work and you're the only person and doing it so you got to do it um but yeah there was my I mean my mom's always been there and has encouraged me through everything but it's yeah. just always been kind of there it's you 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 know things about yourself right yep. like that's what starts to happen you start and this is I talk a lot about like the employee mindset and the entrepreneur mindset and like yep. you saying like waking up and knowing like hey I'm my own but like I have to get this done like if I don't get this done no one else is going to get it done and those things start to like build you as a person right they start to become accountable and take responsibility yeah. for your days and your life and your time. And then all of a sudden that's that momentum snowballs and then you grow into success in your field and in your industry and what you do. So um, you said you said something important there about like learning the lingo, learning the language of real estate. Tell me about that. So like now, you know, you get you get licensed. What's the process? Like, how are you feeling? Are you excited? Like, how did you learn information? Like, how'd that go? Yeah. Yeah, that is a great question because everyone thinks that what you learn in real estate classes is how you become a real estate agent. That is not true at all. In the classes, you learn how to pass the state exam and that is it. You know, it is all experience from there on out. So I was lucky. I had some agents in the office who were willing to let me come with to showings, let me help submit a few offers. It's very hands-on. That is how you're going to learn. So I already knew the paperwork. Now to actually explain it to someone, that was a little scary. So I faked it until I made it, you know, especially being a new agent. I went after my demographic, people who were exactly like me. So people I graduated with from high school is who a lot of my clientele bases because I knew one, they knew me and they trusted me. I was, you know, I'm glad that I didn't mess around in high school. I wasn't mean. I was right. just... Because there's a lot of people that did mess around. Like, there's a lot of people exactly, that have none yeah. of those relationships, and you can't go back now. Exactly. Yeah. And I, uh, so that's one thing that ben that was benefiting me. Um, but now it's just, okay, so I did all the hard stuff already. It's maintaining the clientele now because, you know, in those classes, you don't learn how to get your first client. And for me, I get most of my clients through social media. You know, as you saw, I post videos on education. And I have three main points that I like on my social media. It's education, fun, and family. And family includes my dogs because I do have three dogs. And I want everyone to know because they're so cute. And they um, are part of your family. Trust exactly, me. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it's getting the clientele base. You know, it was scary at first. And, you know, I wasn't paying my bills. At, I mean, someone else was paying my bills at the time. So I got lucky. But to get up and drop everything and become a full-time real estate agent is very difficult because clientele base does not come easy and you have to want it. You have to put in the hours. You have to make contacts. You have to go outside your comfort zone. Now for me, I'm an extrovert. So that was pretty easy for me, but there are people, there are many introverts who are real estate agents and very successful. It's just mm -hmm. a matter of finding 
what works for you. So it was scary. And now I am so glad it all paid off because here I am and I've, I'm still one of the youngest people in my current brokerage at Caldwell Banker, but yeah. it just feels good. Yes. Fake, faking it till you make it, right? Like yeah. <laughs> just, just, just really like, hey, you don't know what you don't know. Again, difference between the employee mind and the entrepreneur mind is like you didn't wait for instruction. You just went and did and then you learn yep. it as you go. Right. That's such a big distinction. And that's one of the reasons that you're successful in what you do is because that becomes the process. Too many times people want to say, oh, I need to learn everything. Right. Like I'll get the license and teach me everything else. Like tell me everything. It's right. like, no, no, no. Go, go, go talk to people. Right? Like go, go it's figure scary. this out. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, again, I am an extrovert. However, putting myself in a networking situation, you know, as a new agent, I froze up. I was like, what do I need to do? And, you know, I always kind of went by Cassie when I was younger, but I was 20 when I entered the business. Wow. So I was like, I need to go by Cassandra. Like people just have to know that about me. And, you know, because of the way I held myself and how I started going by Cassandra, a lot of other agents, some of my older clients, they're like, oh, we never would have guessed that you were only 20 at the time. You know, and now I'm 24 and people still say the same thing. They think I'm 30 years old, which I don't know what that's going to say about me long term. But, you know, <laughs> holding guess, yourself and doing scary things yeah. is it will pay off. It just you have you have to do it. Absolutely. Did, did you have anyone in the brokerage that was like guiding you that was like, hey, do this or say this or. Yeah. Yes. So I had um, one of the brokers and then another agent who mentored me through a lot. I also just watched a lot of YouTube videos on how people were doing things because we have all of these resources on Google. And, you know, I was researching other top producers who were in California, Florida, the bigger housing markets, you know, the ones that are <laughs> the, sell the selling price, average selling price is like $300,000 higher than here in Pennsylvania. But mm -hmm. excuse me, it, um, it's just doing it on your own. So I had people who were kind of Here's the contracts. Here's what I do to get business. What they were doing to get business wasn't working for me. Sure. So I went out and just researched myself. It's the way to do it. YouTube University. People don't know, right? Like yep. <laughs> there's, there's so much out there. There's so much information out there that you can learn to do anything. If you have that grit, if you have the desire, if you just go and do it and stop asking for permission and yep. right, all that stuff. So again, these are, these are, and again, for people that are listening, I hope that you're picking up, if you're trying to get into the industry or you're in the industry and you're struggling a little bit or whatever the case is, right? Like, what are you not doing? Are you not putting yourself into uncomfortable situations or uncomfortable environments like networking? Are you not on your social media game? Like, are you not studying and learning your craft? Are you not talking? Like, what is it that you're not doing? You have to recognize those things so that you can get better, so that you can get better. And so when, when you are now in that process of kind of faking it to you, make it really just learn in the business, talking to people, get, getting some clients, when did you kind of get over the hump? Because there's always that time where we're like, okay, I think I got it. Or you sell your first home or right, like you get your first yep. listing, right? Like take, take me through some of that. So for me personally, I think that it was honestly, as soon as I started working with clients, because I already knew the documents. Again, explaining it was one thing. Mm -hmm. But for me, once I started working with clients, I was a lot more confident in everything else that I was doing. Um, but I will say at the end of my first year, when I met my goal of selling 10 units, 
I was very impressed with myself. And I was like, I did that. Like no one else did that. Cause in this business, you're not being handed business, you know? So I, after that first year, I really went gung ho. And I mean, I did even better my second year. And then my third year was my most successful year, um, which it should be with, with only being three full years in the business, but I did my third year in a pandemic. <laughs> so um, that, and really after last year, there's nothing that can stop me. Even this market, it is terrifying right now because I'm mostly a buyer's agent and it is a seller's market. People are going way over asking price, waiving inspections. And I don't let my clients, they're allowed to do what they want, right. but I advise them not to, because why are you out of pocket all of this money? You know, why are you going to put $10,000 out of pocket into a house when return wise, you don't know what the return is going to be in a few years. Mm-hmm. Why are you waiting inspections for a biggest investment that you're going to do? You know, you don't buy a car without checking under the hood. It's the same thing. Why would you move into a house like that? So, um, what are you seeing? Up? Like, are you, are you seeing a lot of this out there? Like, cause I, again, all my realtor friends, everyone that I know, right. says exactly the same thing, right. Yep. We're low, we're low inventory. So, right. Like sellers market, 10 offers first week, right. Above first listing. day. <laughs> it is crazy. Like it is, it is crazy. So the reasoning is, is because we have so many more buyers listings have been about the same in the past five years. However, we have all of the investors who are buying the foreclosure short sales. They're in the regular housing market now, you know, because they stopped doing foreclosures and short sales, you know, all short sales aren't really from the bank, but you know what I mean? So it's, there's not as many options for them. So they're in our market and they're all cash buyers. So when people are offering twenty, thirty thousand dollars more and waiving inspections, that cash buyer is going to wipe all of those out because they also have contractors who know what they're doing and they're not worried about that work themselves. And when they show the property, they know what to look for. Right. So we have those buyers, we have the buyers who didn't get a house last year, you know, who are trickling into this year, the beginning of the year buyers, you know, new year goal, and then the people now spring, spring market. That's almost four sets of buyers. I just saw my first foreclosure. It went up on the market like three days ago. That's the first one I've seen since a whole year ago. Yeah. And um, I'm hoping that that kind of helps neutralize this thing. But, you know, I we don't know what's going to happen at the moment, but it is crazy for buyers right it's now. Tough. It's definitely tough out there on the financial service. Like a lot of the clients that I sit down with, and that's what I told you kind of off camera, like this is why I do this podcast is to make sure that like, we know that we're all looking for the same clients. We're all talking to the same people, right? Every, everyone that's buying a home uh, is looking to get out of debt or make sure that their retirement is set up or yeah. make sure their cash flow is good. It's all, it's all the same stuff. And I've actually been advising against buying a home right now, right? I've been literally telling them like, listen, this doesn't make sense. Like this is the time to stack your money, right? Save as much as you can, right? You don't even have to worry about fully investing it. Just put it in a place so that when the market does flip over, right? When there is more inventory, whenever that time comes, then you're in a better position and you're not even coming out of pocket what you would have come out of pocket now. So let's focus on your financial life right now, right? right? And then let the market do what it's gonna do, right? Cause it will flip over. Talk about short sales and, and, and um, foreclosures, right? I was just having this conversation with someone 
the short sale market is going to skyrocket after like all this moratorium stuff is done and like they start asking for their money basically <laughs> like yep. people are going to have an issue so where where do you see the industry going like where do you what do you see on the horizon what do you you know ear to the ground what do you see yeah so with all the research that Colville Baker's done um you know we watch we watch all the other statistics from the National Association of Realtors, and we don't see a flip coming at the moment. Uh, we see it staying here for a little bit. Um, Why is that, rate, though? Why? Why? Yeah. Just because buyers are buyers. They want a house. I mean, and there are some people who they are in the situation where they have to buy. Mm. They don't want to rent anymore. They don't want to waste their money. And prices are only up. The average sales price in different counties are only up about five to 8% in the counties that I serve. So Dolphin, Cumberland, Perry, Lebanon, uh, service a little bit of York as well, but they're only up about 5% from last year. So yes, that's a big number when looking at the a big number like $300,000, but at the same time, interest rates are low. So long-term compared to last year, when you actually do the math, you're not paying much more than you would have from last year's. Sure. statistics so buyers un see that understand that and are like you know what yes we're still going to buy now that's where i step in and i'm like you're not paying thirty thousand dollars out of pocket to buy a house like sure. don't do that because that is your money when it's a mortgage it's one thing you can pay it down faster you know not collect all that interest long term mm -hmm. not pay all that interest long term but why are you putting up front money for a house when the appraisal gets cut because appraisers are doing their jobs right now. There are a lot of appraisal cuts all over the board. So that's why you see a house go for sale and it still sells at that same price. Mm -hmm. And this is something that I think a lot of buyers and other, other agents don't get. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you wanna get the contract, but you also want it to close. Right. So why are we doing this huge difference in price? You're willing to pay for a certain price, but they can't make up the difference in cash, which why would you want them to? Because then you're affecting all the other buyers, mm -hmm. you know? And again, because I am mostly buyer, a buyer's agent, I see it this way, but a lot of listing agents are just like, well, my seller wants top dollar. Who doesn't? Right, exactly. Who doesn't want top dollar? <laughs> but top dollar doesn't mean $30,000 over asking. I, and that's just absurd to me, which is why I like to educate my clients. And again, why mm -hmm. education is mm -hmm. one of my number one things when it comes to my clients. It's the key, it's the key, right? Education on all these fronts is important right but you know what i see it this is a supply and demand issue just like you know mm -hmm. that's really what this is it's a supply and demand issue you have a high demand for homes you have a lot of buyers but there's no inventory on the market and so what i think you know and again i don't dive in as much research wise i'm more of a headline reader and then i get my information from people i know in the industry but like mortgage delinquencies are up like past 2008 levels right now like there's like i think i read something that said like three and a half million 3.7 million i'm sure people are 90 days or behind on their on their more like and and the only thing that's saving them is the fact that like they can't get evicted and no one can really come do anything until at least june like june i think the the thing cuts off or the moratorium or whatever cuts off so like that's where i believe and i've you know talking to a few people like that's when there will be the change in supply and demand right because mm -hmm. if three and a half let's just say half of those people default right half of those 3.7 3.5 
you're looking at one and a half, 1.7, 1.8 million homes right. that just magically go on the market. <laughs> like that's what'll happen. Right. They'll just magically all of a sudden go on right. the market and it'll be a complete flip right away. But you're right. If we're not, if people aren't aware, investors will just come and take those up also. Right. Cause they'll have their right. The kind of their, their kind of finger on the pulse. So that's what I see happening. Whether it does or not, you know, the government could come in and keep kicking the can down the road and keep, but like people stopped paying their mortgages a while back, right? Like 2020 was a crazy year. Right. Well, and that's the other thing too. It's that most of those people, I shouldn't say most, but some of those people are probably taking advantage of the situation. And once they really get that letter, Mm -hmm. I think that they're going to pay it off, you know, because they can do payment plans. It doesn't have to be all paid in full. I think that there were, again, I know people are in crappy situations right now. They really are. But there are some people who are just completely taking advantage of it. And I think that once it's time to start paying again is when they'll be like, you know what, we're going to do a payment plan. And then they won't lose the house. So, you know, like you're saying, half of them, maybe half of them will hit the market. Who knows? Mm -hmm. If they do. There will be a flip, but with the amount of buyers right now, I think it'll just neutralize. It'll just even things. out, right? <laughs> but either way, it'll stop. It'll it'll boost your side, I, right? And and then I, it'll make sure that people aren't going crazy on you know twenty, thirty thousand dollars over offer, like waving appraisals. Like those are things that shouldn't be happening anyway. So anyway, it's a little outlook on the market. I'm always paying attention to it. But again, for people that are listening, if you are in that position, right? Like again, from either side. This might be time to like reevaluate if this is the right time or, you know, because you don't want to waste money in this, like you said, it, it being a large, one of your largest investments and one of your largest right. expenses. So that's good. Um, it's kind of switch, switch gears a bit because you are big on marketing and there's not a lot of like there's some realtors that do it well. There's some re- most of them don't do it well. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, how did you start thinking about marketing? How did social come across your radar? What's the importance of it? Go there. The day I got licensed, I did an Instagram page, a business Instagram page, um, and I did the same on Facebook. And then shortly afterwards, Facebook bought Instagram, which was really convenient for me because I only had to post in one place. Um, But I followed everyone from my personal page. That way, everyone knew what I was doing with my life because, you know, again, no one's going to know unless you tell them. I should be contacting millions millions <laughs> that's too many i should be contacting do it do it let's go <laughs> shoot, shoot for the stars dozens of people a day though just telling them what i do and i was like you know what the easiest way to do that social media sure. so again first day opened it up i started with my headshot you know hey everyone like this is what i'm doing thanks so much for following me and it's a um it's a test to see you know what your audience is going to like and what they don't like sure so very fast, I learned that they did not like pictures of houses because I don't even like pictures of houses. You Who know, does right? Like, no really? one cares how much you're selling. Like, give me something. What can I give them? And that's kind of when I got into the education side of things. So I started just posting little facts, and then I realized that they also liked the funny things that I see in real estate, like the bar bathrooms that are in basements, you know, all by themselves, um, the silly things, and it. It was just, what do they like? And finding out what they liked. Um, And then, you know, again, it changes over time. So of course I had to switch it up again. 
So when I first started at Caldwell Banker in October of 2019, right before everything happened, Mm -hmm. I did an open house and it was a slow open house. I recently downloaded TikTok. I made a funny video. It wasn't even funny. I was dancing. No information or anything. I was just dancing. And I posted it to a Facebook group that I'm in called Real Estate Agents Under 25. And they were like, you need to post this on your social media page. Like it's the truth because I'd, I'd forgotten my laptop, which is why I was playing on TikTok. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I posted it and sure enough, people loved it. So I was like, okay, at the time I was doing Wednesday videos where I was doing little snippets, you know, what are these um, real estate terms? What do they mean? Mm-hmm. I believe you commented on one a few years back whenever you oh, saw it. And then yeah. um, I think that's how you got on my radar probably. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I was doing those videos, but then I realized people aren't really watching them as it is, you know, and they, they read the text. I started doing text because people were reading that. So I started doing these videos and now I do informational videos of me dancing with the information on it. And people love them because it's engaging and it's not just a long text of what's my first step when I buy a house. That's, Instead, it's me dancing in the background with "This is what you do." <laughs> exactly, exactly, and that's and I think that's that's your advantage, and that's where a lot of realtors and people that are because you know your industry like mine, financial services, real estate, like it's got a lot of old people in it, right? Like it's just older people, just people that have been there for a long time, right? You got yep. your people that have been brokers for thirty years, right? The I average know. real estate agent is fifty-two. There we go. Right? It's funny because we say yep. the average financial advisor is fifty-five, right? Like. Yep. And it's just true. These are old industries and sometimes it's tough to teach old dogs new tricks, right? Yeah. Like it's just real tough. So, you know, I ran into that when I was getting started. So I've been, I've been in financial services for like eight years now. It's been, it's, it's been like eight years okay. and probably about year two-ish. I remember talking to like my broker, like, hey, what happens when like people stop answering the phone? Cause I'm just, you know, smiling, dialing and just making it happen. But I just, in my mind, I was like, I don't answer the phone that much. Like, I don't, like, what happens when they stop answering the phone? Like, how do we get messages to them? And, right, old school, just like, oh, it's not going to happen that way. Or, right, like, people always need us. And, okay, fine. From that moment, I I put social media, I put marketing on my radar to be like, okay, I'm pretty sure this is where where we need to go. And so for you, even just the the in intuition to jump on tiktok right like and this is is this last year is this 2020 or is this 2019 2019 is when i started my business tiktok page see so think about this right like most people are hearing about tiktok mm, 2020 the end of 2020 yep. the middle of 2020 you're a year ahead of the curve so obviously right tons of attention right you can just continue to put out con- what were you were you already natural on social did you know that like you would have to do it this way because again if you were old school you might have put out a newspaper ad or you might have gotten tried to get a tv commercial or go to a radio show or post your flyer everywhere right like why did you go social just because you were native or how did you think about it it's the least inexpensive option and that's where i really thought about it i was like okay i don't have money to invest in myself right now I was brand new. I stopped working as an admin part-time so I could focus on my time in this. So it's free. (laughs) As long as I'm not boosting things, it was free and it's not time consuming. So content, yes, to really sit down and think about my content, that's one thing, but it was a kind of a no-brainer. I was already on it all the time anyways. 
again, the people who I was following knew who I was. And I felt it was kind of more personable because I can comment on things right away. And, you know, people like on Instagram, I really only use my business account anymore. And I'm commenting on people's stuff. So then other people are seeing CW Realtor. They're like, who is that? And then click on it and see who it is. So it was just kind of natural for me. I've always been on it as it was, you know, I came on Facebook as soon as it opened up. I mean, I got it in eighth grade. And uh, <laughs> so it's just kind of natural to me. And I, it's been really beneficial. So that's awesome. And again, it's something that I think that everyone should be adapting. We've been on this boat for a, a long time, just putting out content and being in these social platforms. But again, the, the thing that I always say, and this is good for anyone listening, that again, you're in the industry, you're just trying to figure this thing out. Like your job is to not sell something, not sell a home or not sell your services to somebody right away on social when you meet them or when they see your content. Really what it's there to do, it's to position you so that when they are ready to buy or sell or do something transactional, they think about you. That's it, right? We We all know people in real estate. We all know them. But the question is when I'm ready to buy or sell my home, who do I think about? And that's what social does. That's what content does, is it puts yep. you top of mind of people, of your you know, prospective buyers or sellers when it's the time that they want you, right? And a lot of people, especially in real estate and what we do, like, you know, they try to just put their message out like as if everyone's ready to buy or ready to sell right. or ready to do it right now. It's like, that's not what you're there for. So you've taken the educational approach, which is something that I've done. Talk about those three things that you said that are big in your like um, your social media strategy. Yep. So I only try and post education, family, and fun. Um, and I think that these are all important. The education, they get something out of my page. It's not just something they scroll past. I'm providing information to them that other agents are not willing to share because they think I'm telling them how to do my job. I can tell them how to do something. You know, I can lead a horse to water, but I can't make a drink. It's the same thing there. Right. Um, family just because I want to be personable I want people to see that I'm real I'm not just again showing pictures of houses you know sold pending I do it occasionally because people do tend to like it but it's no one cares that much right and then fun same thing you know education and fun Mm -hmm. yeah do they really go together they can and that is where I think that I really um differentiate myself from other agents because Again, all the agents are a lot older and they aren't doing these things and they're not sticking in people's brains then when they have questions because I, I make it known on my social media that I'm a resource, you know. I don't care if you end up using someone else, but when you're first starting, come to me. Like, let me answer some questions and see, you know, if you really do click with me. If not, it's fine, but go to someone who you're comfortable with asking questions with. And I think that those three, you know, education, family, and fun have really given people that comfort level to come to me and ask questions. That's so good. That's so good. I I model something similar because I, again, want people to come to ask their financial questions. Because again, who do we go to when we have financial questions? Right. right? Who, Who do we turn to? Like, you go to Google, right? You go to YouTube. Yep. Like, you, you really don't, you really don't have a resource for like, hey, what is the difference? And again, these are some things are Googleable, but like, I think that's a word, Googleable. Uh, but some things you can Google, 
some things you need guidance on. Some things it's specific to your situation that you need some expertise on that somebody can help you down that path. Mm -hmm. So being able to, you know, go to someone, ask the questions. And like you said, whether you use me, whether you use you or not, and you just go do your other thing, at least we gave you some information. So that, that education piece is big when it comes to our, our industries, because there's a lot of things people don't know. And if you can be the trusted resource, right. you'll also get the business on the back end if you're the trusted resource. So, you know, I think all those things are awesome. How do you, how do you mix it up? Like, do you do things specifically that are fun? Do you, how, how do you get your creative ideas? Oh, good question. Um, I feel like I'm running out of them these days. So <laughs> great question. Um, you know, I actually just do a little bit of research on what other agents are posting that are close to my age, because again, I follow all of these ones that are in my Facebook group, the real estate agents under 25. And I want to see what they're doing that I could be doing that is out of my comfort zone, because that's a huge thing. You know, even making videos was a huge thing for me. So I try and stick with um, my TikTok dances, which I haven't done in a few weeks. I have, I have one in my drafts. I just need to post it. I got like 17 in my drafts. I just <laughs> haven't gotten around to doing anything. This That's one cool. though, I, I made last week and I just didn't put any education on it. And I was like, I'm not just going to post a dance this week. Yeah. Um, so the TikToks I'm sticking with because people seem to like them. Um, funny real estate memes, pictures themselves, people send seem to love them. So just following real estate pages that are posting these things and, you know, they might have their little logo on it, but that's okay. You know, all it's, it says, it's like real estate memes or, you know, like I funny, like things like that. That doesn't bother me. You know, it's, I'm going to give credit to them, but also I found recently, I'm just testing a few things out. It's again, see if people like it or not. And one of the things I posted was like a modernized attic that was turned into a bedroom. I got like 80 likes on it. And I wow. typically, my average is about 35. Yeah. And I was like, so they liked that. So again, that went above and beyond. So now I'm just finding more pieces from Google, you know, from other, again, real estate websites that I follow. Yeah. It's, it's the way, I all mean, the you, test, you know, what do they want? <laughs> that's, it. that's it. Constantly listening to your audience, constantly listening to yep. your, your prospective clients, right? Like that's just the business we're in. We're in the listening yep. business. We're right. We're in the service business. So, you know, you're figuring it out and that's, you know, my creative method I'm constantly figuring it out too, right? Just, mm -hmm. I see things, but also I have my own ideas. My issue is I can't get out the creativity. Like it's all here. I'm like, Ooh, this would look great if I, but then I can't execute on it. Like, I just don't yeah. know. It doesn't come out the way I want to all that type of stuff. But again, social, social specifically, but just marketing in general, when you're in our industries is just incredibly important. And I want to give you kudos, right? Because again, that's how I came across you is because you were putting out educational content. That means anytime someone puts out educational content, not anytime, but most times, it means that they're either learning or they like have a high degree of knowledge on their industry. And so right. when, when you find people that are given knowledge and not just like selling the hype, you can, you can connect with them. I find that I learn the best from those type of people, right? That are constantly putting out that, that content. So, um, give as as we're wrapping up here give give the people like the, if someone's in the industry someone's listening right now they might be in their second year third year fourth year mm -hmm. whatever it is right like what are a couple things that they should be thinking about marketing wise or just otherwise to really get their business going and like really push it forward 
Yeah. So um, I think a huge thing is making contacts every day. So, you know, like I said, I have to get up and I have to make those contacts because no one else is going to make them for me. Mm -hmm. So I'm a walking billboard. When I go to the gym, I'm wearing a Caldwell Banker shirt. I'm wearing a shirt that says real estate chick, you know, something that's going to grab people's attention and almost make them want to question it and kind of ask questions. But it's the same thing, you know, people have, when I've gone to networking events, have actually recognized me from my Instagram page because I post daily. Mm. It's another thing. You always want to be in their face. Instagram stories are huge. Polls, you know, asking questions makes people think and people are interactive with them because they are watching, you know, like you said at the beginning, someone's always watching and people who I never thought would ever like a post of mine, they don't like the post. I didn't even know they were watching my stuff, but they interactive on the Instagram stories. Absolutely. They're there. Um, but I think honestly, just making things interactive and making contacts every day are some of the biggest things that you can do. Um, you got to tell everyone, tell everyone what you do. Mm -hmm. I'm at the grocery store. I'll do it. I don't, it's just be shameless at this point. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> These people aren't paying your bills, right? Like people right. out in society, they, they technically don't care, right? right? Like most people aren't thinking about you. They're thinking about what you're thinking about them, right? That's actually right. what most people are thinking. Exactly. So if you just tell people what you do, like they're going to receive it when at least they know what you do. And you know, a, t a tactic on top of that, adding with the social is if you meet someone in person, right? We used to get, I used to get phone numbers. Now I just get social. Yep. I just get so like, hey, where where are you? Where can I find you? Are you on Facebook, Instagram, link? Because I'm everywhere. So if I know they are, and this is you know the back end side of it, if I'm putting out content, once I get you in my feed, right, and in, in the mix, it's likely you're gonna start watching what I do, whether you right. like or comment on it. I got you into the fold, and so now I might put out that podcast episode where you heard something and you're like, oh yeah, that's what I need him for. And I, and I met him and he was cool, right? Like then you start to recall like, oh, I know this person and transparency earns trust, right? Yep. So like, that's why we do this on social because the more that people trust you, the more they're going to want to do business with you. So you have to be transparent, open up, right? Show people about who you are, what you do. Um, and it definitely leads to great results. So, and on that, I think um, a huge point of it is being personable and not a salesperson. So yes, I'm wearing the stuff that obviously makes, I sell houses, but I don't see it that way because I want people to be comfortable with me, which is why, again, like you said, I'm transparent on my social media. You know, I had a bad day. I'm telling people I had a bad day because life is not all butterflies all the time. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, just being a person, well, like you said, getting a social is completely different than getting a phone number because I'm not calling anyone. I hate when people call me. I'm not calling anyone. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew this was coming a long time ago. I was like, yo, yep. I don't, I don't answer my own phone. Like think of the amount of people that don't answer a call that like, you don't know the number. Like, I don't think anyone I do, answers. I do only because it could be a potential client. Sure. But before I became a real estate agent. Never, because most times it's about my car's extended warranty. <laughs> Good old extended yeah. warranty guys, right? <laughs> like these are crazy. But yeah, we only do it. And that, that was always what they said. Like we only do it because it's our, it's our career. It's our job. It's our, like, it's what we do. The average ordinary person, they're not picking up their phone. Like they're, if they don't know your number and you, they weren't expecting your call, like 
the amount of people that pick up their phone, like, why are they calling? Even if they know you. Exactly. Like, Even if their best friend, their mom, they don't care. Yeah, exactly. They don't, exactly. So like that mindset had to change. And because we're in old industries, you know, they didn't, they didn't adapt. A lot of the older guys and gals that are in our industries, they're not adapting. They're still trying to pick up the phone. They're still trying to do these things. And it's people like yourself, people like us that are going to move this needle for the next generation of yep. realtors and financial service professionals and all these people, because we're show, we're now the blueprint. We're now about to show the blueprint. That's what it's going to become, right? We were taking the blueprint from the old timers, right? On what to do. Then yeah. this whole thing shifted because of the internet, because of, right? Just whatever happened that made that, you know, shifted social media. And now we have to craft our own lane and we're showing the blueprint for the next generation that comes up. So now you're going to see new agents and new financial service people that are bigger on social that have huge TikTok presences or big YouTube channels. And they're going to actually be doing it strictly for this, for marketing. But that's actually their business. It's going to be in, in these areas. So I think you're, you know, you're, you're leading the way. I know this is something that we've been doing for some time. Um, and it's definitely going to be the future of our industry. So again, kudos. Now tell, tell people where to find you. Cause I'm just like, cause if people want to yeah, reach I'm out. On, or... I'm on everything. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, uh, my Instagram is CW underscore realtor. I'm pretty sure it's just CW realtor on Facebook. But if you just look up Cassandra Wolf realtor, I pop up. Even if you Google me, I have a Google business that has all my links. So awesome. Awesome. Yep. Find her. Find me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that should be the, the case, right? We yep. should make it easy to be able to find us. But absolutely, for everyone's listening, um, feel feel free to reach out, especially if if you're in Central PA, right? Like, reach out, um, find her on social, follow her. She's going to give you that information, right? Again, we just talked about it. The education part is incredibly big, right? The, the fun, all of it is an important part. You're going to get that from her, and she's going to be able to help you down this real estate journey, whether you're looking to buy a home or whether you're in the industry and you just yep. might need some guidance, right? You might need some mentorship. You might need somebody that's been doing it for some time that has found a bit of a formula and they could, and she could possibly give you some, some insight. So I appreciate you taking the time today, Cassandra. We had a great talk. Um, anything that you need moving forward, right? I always tell people this, like I'm here, we'll, we'll connect, we're connected on social. So feel free to reach out more than happy to help any of your clients. And I know where to find you if I need to send people your way. But again, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me today, Chris. Pleasure is mine. And for everyone listening, till next time for Property Players, guys, we're signing off. Have a good one. God bless.